0: everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode number 379. We're recording on December 16th, 2015. I'm Alan Malventano. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Sebastian Peak. So, uh, I'm back. I've, again, secretly replaced Ryan. Except now I'm not doing that from Tampa remotely. I'm finally back at the home office. Hopefully for a while... A good long while, I hope. Fingers crossed. Well you're gonna be in Vegas in like three weeks. Oh <laughs> you had to go and just spoil that for me, didn't you? I'm I'm of sorry. course. Sorry. I thought I was done traveling. So...
1: <laughs> Come on,
2: it's gonna be fun. <laughs> That's It's true. gonna be you, Sebastian, and myself in a king size bed.
0: Oh, it's not just me spooning Josh this time? Nope. No. I'll, I'll sleep on so the
2: floor. we can bring toys. There's
0: a new it's guy. In the contract. <laughs> we but can use bring toys. toys. <laughs> We'll have a Casper bed shipped to Vegas. <laughs> it's just... There's no way you're getting me in that bed. Uh, <laughs> Unless you'll give me two two three either. drinks. You don't want JoshTech.com and Navy Submariner in the same bed? Tattooed to me? Oh, no, no. Okay. I guess oh. in in a sense, but no. Yeah. I mean, we're no in Vegas, all. we can all get married right there. Anyway. Um, so, uh... This is the weekly podcast that we somehow managed to get together and all in one place for every week. Um, it's the same room. It's live. It, yeah. Well, we all flew into Kentucky. Yes. Well, sometimes Sebastian is sneaky and he comes to us live from the like Daily Show style other <laughs> set, which is like you know right over there. In Kalamazoo. Uh, yeah, in Kalamazoo. Um, which is a real place, by the way. <sighs> yeah, I don't believe it. it is. He lives there uh all right so you know i don't even think anybody emails us stuff at this email anymore but what the heck we'll plug it it's uh well it's
2: because we never answer them so that, why do even
0: that are. might be it uh podcast at pcpro.com we used to have a 1-800 number um but you know we start getting really funny calls about papers being delivered or you, not delivered You should
3: probably just say it so people can call it anyway so we can see what it is do we we have it is, still active? is it in there it's, it's not on the notes anymore. Oh, so no, I think Ryan canceled We it. don't own that number anymore, but if somebody wanted
4: to call it. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> so, so it was like one eight 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 pc per I think. I, I think so. Yeah. And I feel bad for the... Someone should probably call that. Yeah. but Now they're getting calls about the papers. Mm-hmm. You know, you delivered the papers to me. Anyway, um, you can find this podcast at pcper.com slash podcast. If you want to watch us live, you can go pcper.com slash live like right now, but if you're hearing this, then there's probably nothing live going on. All right. Um, Twitter.com slash Ryan Shroud or Twitter.com slash PCPer. Uh, the PCPer alias is the one where pretty much just all the articles get blasted out to. Um, you can join our spam list. Which is a subscriber email list, and all we do is basically email out reminders that we have upcoming live streams. So if you want to watch our streams, subscribe there. That is the only thing we use it for. We will not spam you. Um, next, Except uh, we specifically call it a spam list. Yeah. It's yeah. a, a no-spam list. It's Yeah, it's an I get no-spam John C. DeVoreix style. It being mysterious. Okay, so uh, I was gone last week. Um, I arrived back in Kentucky at 3 in the morning, and I am sadly out of date on this stuff, but I will help these other guys go through these articles from the Wicked Review. First up is the Qualcomm Snapdragon 820 Performance Review, which I know has got Sebastian's name written all over it. Right. Yeah, take it away.
4: Well, I, I went to Qualcomm along with some other members of the tech press, and we were all in a boardroom, we got to check out this new 820 reference hardware. And if you look, and I was thinking it was last year, it was actually only back at the beginning of this year that the 810 came out. And I remember looking at pictures Ryan was sending of the the dev hardware, which was huge. It was this massive um, kind of phone like thing that was like three times the thickness of a regular phone, and it had USB ports all over it, and and they had a tablet as well for the 810 that you could test. And with the 820, I walk in and there's just these 6-inch, like, phablet smartphones that they just hand out around the room for us to use while we we're there. And it actually looked and felt like a real phone uh, running Android 6. And it had a very high screen resolution. Uh, it was 2560 by 1600, so a little bit higher than your typical 16.9 phone. But these things... uh I got some kind of mixed results. We didn't have a lot of time to run benchmarks, and there were some hiccups. You know, this is dev hardware. They had a couple of uh, techs in the room, kind of over our shoulders. If something went wrong, they were restarting devices, swapping out devices to make sure everything kept going because we had limited time. So the tests that I was able to run and rerun for consistency are what ended up in the preview. And... I took a little heat for not having some of the newest uh, Apple hardware to compare against, which I'm actually working on. But I mainly wanted to see how the 820 would do against the 810. And the results in the review show basically the same results that Ryan had with the 810 review earlier this year with the 820 added in just to kind of show where it sat against their previous flagship part. And the big thing about the 820 is that it's a quad core part, and it's a custom design. So they're not just using uh a, 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 the A what is it the Cortex 53 and 57, the big little that they had previously. Um, 72, 51. Is it 53? I want to say I want to say it's 53 and 57. I don't have it in front of me now for okay. some reason, but. The the Cortex A57-53, big little combo, like the Exynos 7420 from Samsung that's in the current Galaxy phones, same configuration. Um, the difference with Qualcomm's part with the 810 was that they use Adreno graphics. They do some different things with the uh, digital signal processing. With the 820, they moved to a custom, they were calling it their Cryo core, and they move up to the next level, Adreno graphics, the 530 GPU. This reference platform had four gigabytes of RAM, and it ran up to 2.2 gigahertz on the four cores. Now, um, Geekbench, we looked at like integer and floating point performance. It, It performed very well. And above basically everything else except for uh, in the integer test, the Nexus 9 had better uh, single-core performance. If if you look at it against Apple's newest A9, um, and I've actually run some tests on the A9 that I'm going to be updating the article with, but just to give you a frame of reference, integer single-core performance with the A9 2540. Uh, pretty consistently, right around there, running tests, on the 820-1954. So Apple does have the edge with with uh, IPC. The multi-core performance was a lot higher at 5869 than a lot of the competition and an Apple A9, which is, is only a little lower. It's like 4450. But the Apple product only has two cores running at 1.85 gigahertz max. So Apple certainly does uh, reign in this territory. They have amazing single and multi-core performance in a lot of these benchmarks. I think the advantage for something like the 820, even though you're not going to directly compare these, I don't know of anybody who is an iPhone customer who looks at Snapdragon benchmark numbers before they decide to buy an iPhone or not. But if you could pick what was in your iPhone, I think you would always pick Apple's SOC anyway, because it's so highly optimized with their operating system. This is running on just a vanilla version of, of Android six, this, this dev platform. So no optimizations. I didn't want to use their optimized browser. Qualcomm has their own browser. I only used Chrome. So all of these tests would be using the same browser under the same circumstances as much as possible. And if I were to move on to, like, just real quick, uh, GPU numbers, the 530 certainly did seem to improve a lot in some areas, uh, but we use off-screen tests. There's there's a huge disparity between devices when you start talking about screen resolution. If you just run a GPU test, it's going to run native res, and... This is where I think the iPhone 6 and 6s the non-plus models fall into near irrelevance because the the Apple iPhone 6 has by far the lowest screen resolution of any flagship device that you can buy. It's so low it'll give you a very high you know score at native res compared to phones running 2560 by 1440 and 1600 so, we only run the 1080p off screen, which does put a little bit more, I think, on the CPU. And in like T Rex and Manhattan, the new 820 did phenomenally well. And it did not do so well when you actually did an all around test, like 3D Mark. You'll see it falls to the middle of the pack. Yeah, the middle of the pack. It was the middle of the pack in uh, graphics score with Unlimited. It fared a little bit better than the 8.10 with the physics score. Basemark X, it again was on top, uh, but Basemark OS 2, it was a little behind the 8.10. So these these results were all over the place. And I think part of it is just a lack of optimization. The fact that they were giving us you know, a, a dev, dev hardware platform that was running on their own custom Linux bootloader and it was a little bit, there was some questions as to whether, you know, battery charge was affecting the speed in any given time. I didn't like to run tests with the unit charging because it, you know, you, when are you only running benchmarks on a phone that's plugged in versus, you know, the heat that could generate. A lot of things come into play, and then when you condense it all down to about a two-hour session, it's it leaves some questions. Certainly, I would have loved it if they gave us hardware to take home. They did not. So it's interesting just to see where it might be going, but you're not going to really have a picture of where this SOC is until it's in real shipping phones. And we can look at some of the other advantages which they are talking about, which is significant power savings, which obviously we need to see the hardware to, to see where that is. But they're talking anywhere from, you know, 20%, 40%, sometimes 10 times, the efficiency for certain things. They've offloaded a lot of stuff off the CPU onto their uh, DSP to take care of, of tasks and allow your CPU to idle a lot more, which would presumably give you better battery life. So it'll be really interesting to see if the phones going forward might tack on an hour or two of battery life. My own Nexus 6, it runs a Snapdragon 805. The thing has terrible battery life. It has a high-resolution screen and... I maybe get six six and a half hours if I run our own battery tests, and it gets me through most of the day without having to be charged if I'm using it about an average amount for me. But it would—it's interesting to see uh, if going forward we can increase performance even if it's only marginally, but have a lot better battery life for a portable device. Have cool. I talked enough?
0: Yeah. So okay. the. Resolution that you said sounds like 16 by 10. Like, was the screen actually 16 by 10 instead of 16 by 9? Do you think? It, it did look pretty wide. I mean, I, I looked through the system
4: specs, and that's what it said it was. Um, yeah. That was verified by the benchmarks we were running. I do, uh, I do
0: like that in a phone, especially because, like, I've noticed that if you try to do anything with a keyboard and you're in landscape, like, you get just, like, a half an inch or to the screen to, you know, see where you're typing. And it's kind of, like, ridiculous. So it could do with a little bit more height when it's in landscape or width when it's in uh
4: Yeah, 16.9
0: has never been good for landscape.
4: And, of course, I say that in almost every shipping monitor is 16.9 or wider <laughs> That's now. That's
0: true. <laughs> I was They're always, like, like, a
4: 16.10 yeah. person.
0: I agree. that I, 19, yeah.
4: 1920 by 1200. That's the best. Well, yeah, You could actually have side-by-side documents and be able to yep. really do work on your monitor. Yep. It, this is why I hate ultra-wides, because they just <laughs> exaggerate yep. the problem. Yep. It, if it's 1440, <laughs> I think it's okay. Like, Because you could even, on an ultra-wide 1440, you could have three documents side-by-side-by-side. And, of course, I'm
0: talking about productivity stuff, and these are gaming monitors, but...
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know. I always used to use... Uh... I used a 25 by 16 30-inch Dell for like the longest, longest time, and I just, th- that's, that's the only... I
3: th- still use two of them. Yeah, there's there's <laughs>
0: two of them sitting on Ken's desk, and, and there's uh, like the only thing that pried it away from me was a G-Sync panel, like when the Swift came out. And I was like, okay, fine. Like, I'll <laughs> finally do this. And then my wife stole the 30-inch. So, of course, now well, she's wasn't that the 30-inch that had just the single DVI input, so it had like no input yeah, lag? It was the original one, the 3007 like HC model, which was the yeah. There was no processing at all in the in the chain. It just went straight from the single DVI straight to the panel. Then you got the 3008 which has about 4 frames of
3: latency. Yeah. yeah. And like S video and composite yeah,
0: yeah. video. The, the <laughs> 3008 outputs. model which costs like, you know, 50% more money because it had all of those inputs and it was supposed to be so super awesome. It
3: takes it takes like 30 seconds to scroll through all of the inputs on that monitor when you're hitting the button. <laughs> like if you want to go from DVI to DisplayPort, you got to go all the way back around yeah. and it takes about 30 seconds. You have composite, yeah. That's, that's the one I got. I think <laughs> it was by
2: my second year here. So I've had that damn thing as one of my test monitors since 2009.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a test monitor, not a main monitor, I, though, I just, right? Nope. It, yeah. It, <laughs> it just
0: baffles. It just baffles me. It's like, why couldn't you, when you use DVIN, why couldn't you just skip all that crap? <laughs> and you know, you're not processing. You don't need four frames to, uh, to like, you know, deinterlace. You have to. You have to scale <laughs> the input <laughs> that's coming in at the right resolution. Yeah, at the native resolution. Yeah. <laughs> Ah. Uh, all right. Um next up, Ryan posted this from out where he's at. Or was it from out where he's at? Is that where they had the thing? Oh no, he Ryan's been flying all over the dang place. Yeah. That's what was going on. Um so at one of the things Ryan was at recently, AMD announced GPU Open, which is open-sourced gaming development. Is this kind of like Yeah, it sounds kind of like gameworks to me, like AMD's answer to it. Except they're probably pushing the open-source part way, way more, as opposed to the game work stuff, which I don't believe is open-source. You have to, like, be licensed to see the source. Hmm. All right. Um, I mean, what's this going to do? We got any thoughts? Is it, like, good for them, bad for them, or are they too late? What? Anybody? Bueller? Somebody? <laughs> Come on, Josh. You know you want. Josh, to I'm curious. Enough, uh, I didn't see your read it. <laughs> I, I I was too busy being
2: on something else. But um, you know, you know, big problem with uh, GameWorks was that it was kind of a black box affair, and that, uh, like I said, uh, you couldn't get in, into the uh, code. They wouldn't allow it. Code goes in the front end, goes through a black box, results come out the back end. AMD claimed, and to you know, some degree of, of Truthiness that uh, it didn't work as well on on their GPUs, and certainly when we would benchmark GameWorks titles, that would that would come out to the fore. Well, AMD decided to kind of take the uh, bull by the horns and uh, do their own type of GameWorks, except uh, they're doing it themselves. The GPU Open, uh, it's cross-platform. It's supposedly got some Linux going on in there, which would be a good thing considering how continually poor AMD's Linux drivers are for Yeah, they games. need some help with that. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, also, cross-platform in that uh, we'll support the Xbox and PS- PS4 environments and uh, we'll do all kinds of fun and interesting things. Now, we've had like in the past, Hairworks and all of these other things. You know, they're, they're stepping up the game and uh, heading towards what NVIDIA has with the GameWorks. And I'm hoping... No, it, it, it's hair effects or something, isn't it? No, it's hair it's works. Not... Is it hair? Well, I thought, it's I thought Game GameWorks, works was but then there's Nvidia.
1: hair
0: effects and lighting effects and yeah, they've skin got a, effects. Yeah, yeah but great. I think they keep throwing works at the end of all. I think that's their little catchphrase. They yeah. keep throwing in there.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, one of the nice things about this is, uh, is that they're going with the HSA on this, so it's going to fit the uh, same standards that they've sort of set up for this heterogeneous computing. This could be a good thing because it all of a sudden makes it a little bit easier uh, to throw it onto Linux to uh, carry it over to AMD's other big hardware sellers, which are, of course, the consoles. Uh, And one neat little trick it does, uh, if they can pull it off, is it will uh, convert CUDA code to C++. So it, it opens up more developers if you're comfortable in one or the other, doesn't matter. You can program for this thing. So, I mean, as long as AMD delivers, and I really do hope that they do deliver on this, because the slides are gorgeous, they promise a lot of things. I'm a wee bit nervous, but even just, you know, putting this forward, like HBM, they jumped onto it, hey, maybe this didn't do it perfectly, but they were the first to do it, and they actually did it, and now we're working on it. So to do this sort of thing too, where boom, all of a sudden game optimizations, the developers are getting a lot closer to the code, sort of saying, okay, Vulkan is great, but let's see if we can also get, get it going with DX12 and just open it wide up for people. It, it may stutter start, but I'm really hoping that it sort of catches on and developers look at this as uh, a little bit cheaper to use and perhaps a little bit cheaper uh, more lucrative to use because you can spread out the same code amongst different platforms than going with NVIDIA's GameWorks and paying them a license fee and being locked in and only working on certain hardware and as we've seen not necessarily working the best because HairWorks will thrash the hell out of your uh, 980 Ti I, it, it's hard to do and honestly I, I really don't want to see Geralt's hair flowing in the wind <laughs> You don't? I, I, I far Cry to, uh, I didn't the pantsless miss mod, the bears you? not having really bushy
0: hair. Oh. I guess it looks neat, but yeah. So when all the game work stuff was coming out, AMD kept kind of like shouting that it should be open source. So this sounds like just, right, okay, fine. We'll, we'll start our own framework, and then that might eventually lead to things similar, but from AMD. Right? Yeah, just like Mantle. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so this is that going. This is going to lead to DirectX effects. There'll
0: be a, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be OpenGL effects. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, now we're talking. <laughs> there'll be there'll be a couple of games that use it, and then it'll just kind of like fall into the ether and. Well, they are releasing a new Doom, right? Uh OpenGL. I, I, I don't think it's OpenGL. Yeah, I don't. I don't think <laughs> <it's OpenGL. laughs> Uh, Alright, so uh, moving along. Josh has been playing Me. around with racing wheels lately. Yes, it's it's like a fetish, except not really. And now you're moving your fetish into interchangeable parts. <laughs> so he likes sticking things into things. <laughs> so it has multiple attachments that can use a different base in this case. Which the, yes, the, it um, yes, the clamps. Don't forget the clamps. It clamps firmly to the table. A lot exactly. of tacking. Um, Thrustmaster T300 servo base base it's looks, all about the servo base is it geared looks like a geared
2: well it's 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 actually a dual pulley system so it's got little notches in there where the pulleys kind of attach because it's the the pulleys are not uh, you know smooth but actually kind of ribbed on the inside for <laughs> Your driving pleasure.
0: <laughs> I see what you did there.
2: But anyway, Thrustmaster. Uh you know I've I've reviewed a couple of other parts over the last couple of months, the TX uh Ferrari four fifty eight, force feedback, the uh T one hundred fifty, and now the T three hundred servo base. The T three hundred has been around for quite a while. It has come with a, you know, decent wheel and I think a two pedal option. And they have been selling for around three ninety nine. Well, a lot of people have been complaining that, uh, you know, they, they buy these bases, these these entire things, and they see that Thrustmaster has released a different wheel, like the Ferrari Formula One wheel, or one of the other leather-wrapped wheels, and they want to upgrade. And so they buy that, and they swap out wheels, and they've got this other perfectly fine wheel just sitting there gathering dust. and. Maybe you can sell them on eBay, maybe you'll do something with it, but why do you want to be stuck with only buying certain sets when you've got an entire ecosystem around you? And so Thrustmaster has released, uh, I think this summer, their TX option, which is Xbox One compatible, and the T300 is um, PS3, PS4, and PC compatible. So you can mix and match parts. You've got the two-pedal options, the three-pedal, and then the really nice T3 PA Pro pedals. They can either be in GT or F1 configuration, depending on how you race and what feels comfortable for you. And they're really, really interesting, fantastic parts. And one that I will be getting here in a bit is uh, one of the Alcantara-based wheels that's got the uh, the Alcantara fiber uh, around the, the the entire wheel itself. Apparently, it feels fantastic, and we like swapping in things that you know feel fantastic. But uh, this gives you the option to pick and choose the things that you want at the price point you want. So say, hey, you know, maybe one day I'll get these really high end parts, but you know what? I'm going to get this base, and I'm going to get these spare wheels from my brother in law. Who just isn't going to use it anymore, or I'm going to buy it off eBay for, you know, fifty bucks. Uh, these are all options to you. Uh, in terms of build quality, it's solid Thrustmaster part. It uh, has not given me any problems so far. I've been using uh, Thrustmaster based wheels since about 2009 when Dirt 2 came out. And uh, I haven't had any problems. Uh, some people have. Obviously, you're going to read about issues and support issues. But uh, at least for myself, it's been pretty smooth sailing. Uh, it's got a brushless motor. They call it an industrial... Uh, what is that called? Just uh grade, industrial grade motor. Uh, it's pretty, pretty powerful when you really get going. And uh, if you crash and you hold the wheel tightly... I mean it's going to throw you around if you're not holding it tightly the wheel's going to slip out of your grasp pretty easily. Uh but it's also good and subtle with how it can react to changes in the road. Say if you're you're going from, you know, gravel to a heavier gravel or mud, you can really feel that in the wheel. I mean it's not a big jarring thing, it's not a big rumble, but you can you can feel how so when you're turning, you you've got good solid ground, and then you hit some mud. I mean, it's it's just an easy and smooth transition from those force feedback forces. So it's uh, it comes out at two hundred and fifty nine ninety nine. So two hundred and sixty bucks US. Uh, it's not a cheap wheel, especially when you consider you can get a full TX Ferrari F four fifty. Those those are not Thrustmaster products. No, those are not. You're going to be in big trouble, Ken. Uh, but um, that you can get for about 295 bucks, And it does come with the two pedals and the uh, kind of plasticky Ferrari-based wheel. So you've really got to think to yourself, is this upgrade going to be good for me? I mean, the, the big thing about this is versus the TX is it's got the full 1080-degree rotation while the TX has 900 degrees of rotation around the axis. So I mean that's if you deal with games that support things like soft lock, so say you've got like an escort two that has a nine hundred degree rotation, uh you can be spinning your wheel around and, and if you have soft lock enabled then it goes to nine hundred. But um uh, so you have a different car that you're you're racing and it actually has a full ten eighty, well with the T X you're still gonna be limited to the nine hundred though. How often are you going to go lock to lock in a race? I don't know. But I think the extra flexibility with the T300 is is a nice thing to have. Um, Again, it's it's not overly expensive. It's a solid looking part. It's got all the features you want. You can swap in and out parts as you desire. And uh, yeah, I I gave it a Civil War because it it just has everything you kind of need in this little servo package
0: does that ferrari wheel like can you remove the wheel from that one or is that just all one all one unit on, on which Ferrar- one the ferrari one. the one you reviewed yeah the like- I can remove the wheel okay so that's, can you can you that's take that's how I that i tested yeah so you can take that wheel off of that and put it on this base and so you'll have like the better servo base the charter is doing really wonderful things with our internet around here in
2: town oh so We're so wonderful nice. um so, yeah, the, the TX Ferrari 458, it's got a wheel that you can detach. And that's how I tested this. I took the the wheel, the, uh, the pedals and the wheel off of it, put it on the T300, everything worked fine. Okay. And uh, they have uh, multiple other options from 100 to $175 for different wheels. Uh, you know, some like a synthetic or a plastic, and some have leather. And then, finally, the higher-end one, the Alcantara, uses that microfiber-like cloth, What's that uh, run? Around the wheel. What? What's that run? 175. Hmm. Compared to some of the other racing wheels you see out there, it's not Yeah, bad. It's, it's not too bad. And if you really consider, I think that uh, there are mods out there that people have done where they have uh, kind of the, the center steering column and the buttons, and you can put like a Momo wheel on there. Huh. And the Momo wheels will be, you know, 250 bucks or whatever. Uh, people who have done that mod and then have tried this Thrustmaster Alcantara edition say there's very little difference. I mean, you're you're getting quite a deal with this. In fact, it's a little bit better because they've controlled the weight a little bit more. You get uh, better response for force feedback because if you've got a lot of unsprung weight in a wheel, then any kind of motor that's doing force feedback, it's going to be dampened. So the lighter the wheel and the the better the design that that you've got for those kind of forces, it's going to give you a better experience. And apparently, uh, that that Alcantara edition wheel is is just fantastic. So I'm I'm looking forward to testing that in the near future.
0: Cool. All right. Sweet, man. Uh, All right. I guess we can move on to news. Uh, First up, uh, apparently, you can overclock locked Intel Skylake CPUs. With uh, it was AS Rock that
4: came out with the first one. They've actually since made this a public release. This is this a firmware? Yeah, just through firmware, uh, they were unlocking uh, base clock overclocking for any locked Skylake parts on all their Z170 boards, huh? And originally, it was a couple of outlets. I, I, I want to say. I know a non-tech forums, I think, had this originally, and there were a couple other places, but the this was from TechSpot. And they they overclocked a i3 sixty one hundred, got a a gigahertz overclock out of it, just with a base clock adjustment of, I think, 127 megahertz from... Uh, from 100. 100. And this is a multiplier of... I don't remember what the multiplier is on that one, but regardless... They they got great results with it that were actually about on par with a, a base i5 from the Haswell generation. So, so which is a great
0: part. For, so if for Skylake did they keep that like K series parts are unlocked and yeah yes. not, okay so they yes. kept that same convention. Yeah,
4: that, that's all the same. And I have a 6600K and it's it's easy to overclock just with you know multiplier and you can do base clock adjustments. That was the big thing with Skylake was uh, unlike. You know, a couple generations of Intel Core CPUs where you had to use a multiplier. Yeah, uh, you yeah. can do base clock overclocking again. Yeah, and, well, I mean, you could try. It just was extremely unstable. Yeah, I mean, I think the most I ever got on a CPU was like 106. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just terrible. But yeah, with this, I mean, if you've got the right kind of, if you can tweak the RAM and stuff and get it going, they were using some pretty highly overclocked RAM to go along with this too. Is is Asrock the only ones we've seen do this so far? They're the only ones public. Uh, Supermicro was another (laughs) one that was referenced. Hmm. I think it was the AnandTech forums entry had a Supermicro Supermicro pre-release firmware. The guys who
1: got nothing to lose.
4: Yeah, I mean Supermicro knows a lot about. They have some wild stuff. I'm not surprised that it's that they're jumping in. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm cool. I'm surprised. Well, I don't know. I, I kind of wish everybody would just catch on now that like the cat's out of the bag. But I,
4: I imagine they will. Is is
0: it a limitation that Intel puts on them that, that they don't want that, this? That's the thing. Enabled. Like, that's the thing. Like normally, like CPU overclock locks are something that has to be a coordination with the motherboard, and Intel is usually just relies on the motherboard, you know, manufacturers to kind of adhere to their spec and go, look, if this is not a K-Series part or if these two bits are flipped on the CPU device info or something, like, then you're not supposed to be able to overclock it. And, like, the BIOS should be the thing that that stops you from trying to do that. And, uh, you know, they just, like... This has happened before. Yeah. Like, there have been... This happens every once in a while. A-Bit used to be the one known for doing it all the time. Um, But if that is the case hopefully intel just says okay
4: fine you can do it on so board just everyone you're allowed to do it now would yeah. be cool i mean i think it, it, it would be a big advantage for the z uh like if you wanted to upgrade to a z series motherboard then you can look down and say well even if i buy a cheaper processor i can still overclock it cuz they are only doing this for the z170 boards it's not like you could buy a a b series or an h board and overclock your i3 yeah. which is where it would make the most sense yeah so these these z series boards probably have better power delivery and they're a little bit beefier uh, with the VRMs, so it it's not gonna be that hard for that board to do a base clock OC when if you bought like a a fifty nine dollar motherboard that was intended for like light home use and tried to overclock it, <laughs> you might run into power issues or you might, you know, blow a cap or
0: something on it. Heck it's clock generator might not even be. Good enough to, yeah, <laughs> to, with that you, kind of range, right? It being frequencies, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you want
4: me to do what? Yeah. So I, I can't. I personally don't understand like why I would not want to spend hundred dollars on a motherboard to spend hundred dollars on a processor and try to overclock it to the performance of a hundred and sixty dollar processor. But if sixty dollars was that dear to me in that situation, then why not? I used to buy the cheapest CPU I could get. And then overclock the snot out of it there, or try to unlock cores. Like I remember unlocking a core on a Semperon 140, making it a dual core, and then overclocking it to like four gigahertz. And I was happy for a while. And then the Magic Smoke came out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was the cheapest motherboard I think Newegg sold at the time. You know, we, we all make mistakes. Been there, done that. Yeah. I didn't have any money, and I was an enthusiast. So Yeah. We have a i three i3-6100
3: in the office. Maybe we'll have to check. Will to you get be overclocking it to five gigahertz? Yes or no? Uh,
4: yes. On liquid oxygen. On liquid liquid oxygen. oxygen. Yeah. They were doing all these os- overclocking
0: uh, on air. Apparently, so four point yeah. seven gigahertz on air is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of the. I mean, a lot of you, you can get a Skylight kind of like CPU to. Like at least four point six on there. Typically, like if it's you know, unless it's, it tends to be the oddball ones that you that are like limited to like four point five or something lower than that. You're pretty much just guaranteed to get like almost all the way up to four point six or four point seven, which is cool. Um, all right. So last week was it on the podcast? I got the podcast and Twitch. Yeah, mixed up. we talked about it on the podcast. We talked about the sky like bending socket yeah. thing. Yes. Yeah, we talked about it on the podcast. Um, so, of course, within days of that being a thing, uh, MSI came out and said, uh, hey, we have a CPU guard thing, is what they're calling it. Is yep, this like... a CPU guard thing. Is, is this, <laughs> like, do you have to buy this and add this, or is this part of what comes on their motherboard? Like...
4: I, th- I didn't see a link. I think it's something you can buy, though. They were acting like it was a standalone product. I think they've shipped this with some of their motherboards already and
3: maybe they're just saying this hey we included this thing and it fixed the problem
0: yeah I mean it is a pretty beefy uh you know it's it is a far cry from the little handle that you you know just kind of like latch down and try to hold the CPU in and especially with the more recent CPUs with a whole lot of pins that like some of the ones well was it, what was it uh was it Ivy Bridge or something that had, like, double? Uh, Yeah, the 2011 sockets still have double. Yeah, yeah. And, like, double latches and stuff, but it, the, the, a lot of the other ones still just have the single latch, and, I mean, you can just hear that thing, like, crying. No, no, like, no. It's zero insertion force, Alan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for Are the huge lever that? that you're trying to, you know. But that is definitely a very beefy, solid piece of metal. But look, that's that's been delitted. So can you actually use this with if a non-Doted CPU? Well, the, yeah, right well there. I'd oh, ask Mori okay. about that. <laughs> yeah, there's they, they showed they showed this both ways. Uh So it official. can go both ways. It can go both officially. ways. Officially. Yes,
4: officially.
0: Hmm. Um Where is the re- is that the entire retention mechanism then that replaces the latch? Yeah, that's it. It just screws straight straight down to the board and it's yeah. like it's that's what's holding that the work. CPU in. Yeah, that would work. I just uh I'm almost
4: done testing a uh EK Waterblocks has a new all-in-one cooler. The review will be coming up soon at PCPR.com. Uh so stay tuned for that. But they had to take off the retention mechanism and replace the actual LGA 1151 socket backplate wow. to use mm-hmm. the cooler. So I'm, like, very carefully unscrewing <laughs> this with this hex key they provided in, or as a Torx bit, yeah. and I've never done this before. So, I'm like staring at these like unprotected pens, yep, and sure enough, I almost dropped one of the screws down into the pins, but I like grabbed it in time and <laughs> wow, but so my motherboard is not ruined it was it was nerve wracking but it worked like this does require you you know using a torx driver and removing the retention mechanism so so i
3: Seems In this case, it seems like a lot of work for something that doesn't seem like that big of a problem. What,
0: what I don't understand here is that the the bending issue that we were talking about, that we were looking at pictures of last week, didn't have so much to do with the retention mechanism. In other words... Oh, not at all. In other words, the retention mechanism didn't even have to be there. It, the issue was that the heatsink was applying so much downforce that like, it was even doing too good of a job compared to the retention mechanism in the I first place.
4: I think what place. I'm hearing is, we just need to take the retention mechanisms off of our mother because <laughs> we don't need them. And they bend their processors.
0: Well, no, it's Adhesive like... A piece of Tim. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like, that wasn't causing the bending, it was just like that you were pushing the CPU down into the socket so much. Now, well, I don't know if their socket is engineered differently.
3: Maybe they um, figure if you take the time to unscrew your stock socket... And put in a new one, they'll
0: be really careful when installing the heatsink. Oh, sink. yeah. Then, then, you're just, <laughs> then you're just more diligent uh, in installing your heatsink. Like, oh, God,
3: don't screw this up. Don't screw this up.
1: I don't get it for the consumer market. I totally get it for system builders because that's where a lot of this issue was happening was someone got shipped a brand new pre built system that was dead on arrival. Because, yeah, kilogram heatsink through shipping, even if you get a good FedEx guy. Still not really a good yeah, idea. That's, that's when you need to pull out the foam that can plot,
3: that you can make expand yeah. to the exact space. Yeah, we've had a lot of yeah. systems shipped to us that way, and that's definitely. But then the way you to get go. the people
1: who don't take it out when they boot the system <laughs> up. <laughs> yes. I bought. Damned e- if you do, damned if you don't.
4: I bought a system on eBay a few years ago, and it came. I opened up the case, and the giant copper heatsink had come off during shipping at some point. Oh. It had ripped the oh. AMD CPU out of its socket. They and tend to follow the heat like, sinks. It had
0: been just... washing machine. Inside the
4: case. <laughs> Every component inside the case. Motherboard, video card, everything was destroyed. It was, it was one of those huge cylindrical... I think it was like a thermal take. There's this giant oh, yeah. heat sink. Giant slab of uh, copper
3: just going yeah, around. There, there. Were, there were
4: deep grooves in the motherboard... <laughs> the memory the memory heat sinks were actually destroyed well I've got an idea for a new video segment yeah (laughs) take the PC case put it in the dryer you know when when I reviewed that that frame case the D frame mini that's what I wanted to do put a GoPro in it and just throw it off of things
3: we build a computer with the Mori heatsink and we send it to each of the editors and see at what point it gets damaged. Yeah, with no padding. Oh, no padding. Of course not. Yeah.
4: That's a. I, honestly, I think the Noctua of anybody. Yeah. That would actually stay on. I guess shipping. they have a good. We'll have to find the heaviest I mean, heatsink style. Yeah. Heatsinks. It has to be an AMD board, and it needs to be like a the one that you have to use a, a flathead screwdriver to to tighten, like the old Socket three seventy or Socket seven. Oh yeah.
3: Find the heaviest heatsink with the worst retention method. Yeah. And we'll use that.
0: Alright. <sighs> Alright. Uh, moving on. What do we got next? Xbox Wireless Adapter for Windows. Oh, hey. Is this for like. This is for the newer. Okay. Xbox One controller? Yeah. Is that what it is? Okay.
3: Well, that's cool. They released it a while ago, but now it was Windows 10 only. They're only releasing the driver for Windows 10, and they finally just said, okay. Oh. here's the seven and eight and eight point
4: one driver. Because the driver stack for Windows ten is so different than yeah, yeah. Them. I wonder what yeah. took them
0: so dang long. Like this could not have been rocket science. But, um, all right, well that's cool. I mean, I, heck, I still have like a Xbox three sixty. With the little dongle for
3: the dongle they stopped making for about four years, and no one could ever find. And you yeah. bought the third party ones that
0: broke within uh, six yep. months. Yep, it was like unobtainium. I had to buy like one off of eBay just yeah. so that I could have one. It was just like, I just want to use like an Xbox controller on my PC, please. Huh, okay. So, I mean, those are probably really unobtainable now, so uh, I could just... I haven't heard anything bad about... Oh, yeah, the 360
3: ones, yeah.
4: Are
0: yeah, the 360 times. ones. So now yeah. at
3: least you can use these. It's doable be.
4: again. Yeah. And but. people do this. You know, I, I have to just real quick. On my flight back from San Diego, the first flight, the entire... That was the long one. The entire flight, the kid next to me had a uh, alienware gaming laptop in his lap and he had an xbox 360 usb controller that he plugs into the side of it and then he's hunched all over this gaming laptop <laughs> with his controller screen tilted back as far as it can against <laughs> the seat in front of him and just all out just gaming he's got his big headset on i can hear all these explosions and stuff and five straight hours of gaming what there a four battery the time plans. yeah what was he powering it all was from? he playing minecraft <laughs> I don't even know what the game was. I've never seen it before. <laughs> I just saw him open up Steam, kind of, like, looking over, and then it's just this game that's, it was very simplistic graphics.
0: It was, like, a side It like five hours. Yeah. That's the, what you need they, to the, the airplane we had uh, power
4: outlets oh. for every seat, so he was just plugged in the whole time, or his- Laptop
3: would have oh. died after like two hours. I, I, I've heard of people doing that with the Wii U. They just like bring the console <laughs> and then plug it in, and then they can use the gamepad because it has a display on it. has yeah. the wireless display stuff. on a plane. Yeah, you just you just get the Wii U, you plug it in, and you sit it in the seat back pocket, and then you use the wireless controller. That's with awesome the, with the display on oh, it. Uh,
1: <laughs> my it would be the guy playing Wii Fit.
0: <laughs> he needs an aisle seat, ma'am. We need to get him an aisle seat. He has a Wii Fit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Thank you>. Yeah, <laughs> trying to bowl down the aisle. <laughs> Just like, yeah, yeah, that's a thing. We should, that's got, that's got legs. We should do something. All right. Uh, So we got that one. NVIDIA updates GeForce experience with beta features. Wait, is this, is this a thing you had to sign up for or no? I don't think they've enforced that yet. Yeah. Cause I noticed like at home, like I got like an update to my GFE and like, it didn't ask me for anything special. I thought it was early access to the beta features you got if you signed up, so once
4: it's public release, then everybody gets it
3: yeah, it's supposed to be access
4: yeah. to beta drivers. I don't know if they're getting off g
0: f e in that too i, would I don't imagine know imagine at that point i uh, uh, yeah i don't, I don't know. know i would i would i hope i still hope they kind of back off on that junk, but anyway uh new version of g f e yeah, so they're saying this is classified as a beta okay um what does it do? Beta features. Oh, streaming to Twitch and YouTube.
3: Well, they had that in there. Uh, maybe they didn't have YouTube in there. Actually, maybe yeah. it was only Twitch. Yeah, it was just Twitch before. Yeah. Uh, they added a screenshot mode that will upload to Imager, I think. Which is that's pretty cool. Pretty good idea. I mean, that's where you're gonna likely put it to share it on the internet, anyways.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, it doesn't look major, but it's. Uh, I'm glad to see them. Uh, you know, expanding that. It seemed to have been kind of stagnant for a while now as far as features go, right? And I know recently, like, at one point, like, you couldn't do... I think they they changed the max frame rate you can do at, like, 1440p. Yeah, I, uh, they added 4K with this beta for the recording stuff. So 4K 60? 60. 60. Yeah, yeah. And before that, it wasn't too long ago that even 1440p, you couldn't do 60. Yeah. You can probably do higher than 60 now, I'd imagine. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to toy around with it. Yeah. I don't think it ever goes higher than 60, actually, even like 1080p mode. Uh, That would be really nice, though, if it did like 144. Yeah, I don't know. You know, where the heck are you going to... You'd imagine that's where they'd go with it. Oh, you can upload that to YouTube.
3: Uh, 120, I guess. I think so. Yeah, I think they'll. Pl- I think they'll kind of serve the native version if you upload weird stuff like that. Just kind of like poor YouTube trying out. to stream. Yeah, stream out 144 hertz. Well, and now like, if you buy an iPhone and just like on iOS 9 and turn on and start recording video, it's recording 720p60 or 1080p60. So all of the videos being uploaded to YouTube now are 60p for yeah. people that don't know what they're doing, and it's unnerving and. YouTube doesn't transcode them to 1080p30. Mm-hmm. So if you want to watch high def, it's your only option. It's weird. Interesting. I don't like it.
0: Ah, it's change. We don't <laughs> like change around here.
3: It'll be good to get used to higher frame rate video, I guess.
4: No. <laughs> 24
0: frames a second is correct. <laughs> there used to be a, a, a website called like 240fps or something. Like this was years ago. And they were going through... Or it was like 120 Fps some crazy high number Fps like for the time and uh, all they were doing was like tricks to transcode your movies instead of like trying to do um, three two pull down or anything like that they were just like, no, just deinterlace and go to like the maximum multiple of it and then like was it interpolating frames
4: or just doubling?
0: it was not deinterlacing it was like filling in. You were using a special filter to hmm. fill in the missing part of the comb and counting that as a whole frame. Oh. Hmm. So you were basically doubling, or doing some kind of two times three or something like reverse three two pull down. <laughs> <Something>. <laughs>
3: this is me. Uh, two three pull up.
0: Two two three. <laughs> three two three pull up. Like <laughs> flip the fraction upside down and multiply uh-huh. it. <laughs> also, this website never existed. Uh, I don't remember. It was somethingfps.com. And it's not it doesn't exist now. <laughs> um but it did then. Maybe it might. It had like a bunch of AVI synth like <laughs> scripting stuff. Ah, and it one was of those. Just, it was yeah. It was handy if you're like transcoding like D V from tapes and stuff. Yeah. And then you could like actually spit it out like at sixty P and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. Anyway. Uh, last up, WodTech G, which is like the gaming arm sub brand of Logitech. Uh, announces ARCS control challenge for developers. Alright. Yes. So uh, they contest. want Contests. Yeah, so they're doing a contest. They want developers to make an ARCS control app. wait, hold on. What the heck is ARCS? Is that just like their That's
4: what I wanted to know. So I, I did a little rundown of it at the bottom of the post. It's it's a basically a second screen type enterprise like they they want you to be able to control or add additional functionality to logitech g products through like a phone or a tablet
0: oh okay yeah they, so they're they've been toying so, around with that kind of a thing for a while because like they used to have, they have like, been, yeah, they, one they of their have, keyboards like, had a screen on it way back yeah yeah like the yeah.
4: the current whatever their current flagship rgb keyboard yeah, is yeah. yeah it has like a spot to put a phone on it i believe Yeah, and and they
0: have, like, a... They used to have keyboards, like, years back that had, like, a little screen on it. And there were even some games and stuff. It's pretty much the evolution of that. There's, like, an ARC's
3: control app currently that runs, but they're sort of opening it to third parties and trying to have people develop stuff cool. And it doesn't, like, really need to be for Logitech hardware or anything from what I read in the contest. It's, like, kind of develop something cool using our framework. Mm Yeah,
4: because the SDK is out there. And they're offering cash, like five thousand dollars cash, and a bunch of uh, like Logitech G prizes. So
0: that's cool. Well, they they've got to get it to catch on somehow, right? So that exactly, the kind of thing you got to do to just drum up interest, give away some some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So if anyone's interested, developer, I'm sure none, no developers listen to this podcast.
0: Uh, no. Probably probably not. No. Like Scott show <laughs> or they've got better things to do. Yeah, Wow! Well, like code,
3: and then debug. <laughs> like, make the next great iPhone game that everybody has to play. <laughs> but it has to be free and have a ton of ads in it because no one buys any apps on any platform. Yeah. At least no apps above 99 cents.
4: Yeah, so like when I was trying to recommend the podcast app for Ryan, he could not fathom the idea of paying 3 dollars for an app. It was just foreign to him, and he refused to do it. And three hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> no, three dollars and ninety nine cents. Oh. I was like, it's four bucks. I was like three ninety nine? Are you serious? Like, okay, sorry, it's not free. Yeah. yeah obviously he's not using it. I don't mind I, th- I think he actually did end up buying it. I don't oh, did mind he even, buying yeah. apps for a
0: few bucks, but like like one Final Fantasy and crap like that on iPhone. Okay. That's yeah, that's a different world. That was that was hard to swallow. I've bought ninety nine for
4: it, yeah. Square Enix titles in the app Yeah,
0: store. Man and
4: they have like a combo pack of those games, I think, for like 60 or $70. It's just, there's no way. I will go buy used copies of those games for that much money. Yeah. All
0: right. I will uh, not play them
4: on anything that I currently own.
0: <laughs> Hardware, software picks of the week. First up is uh, Jeremy, I think.
1: Oh, boy. So, yeah, I did, could not come up with anything this week, but I, there was something memorable that I saw. It's uh, the Vmoda moda uh, redid their uh, wireless 100s with customizable ear cups. So you can pick and choose whatever it is that you would like. So if you could just quickly drive and click on the customize and buy. Uh, where am I? Big orange button. Oh, yeah, that. Okay. Uh, pick whatever color you'd like. Okay, so I'll go red. Rogue. And next step. Okay. i oh, customize a little bit more. Well, look at this. Uh, no, choose the precious metals, please. <laughs> oh. And on the far bottom right, you will find platinum. Wow. And watch the price, <laughs> boys and girls. Whoa. Watch that price. Oh, what geez. the heck? It is pure, solid, 100%. How flat. many of those you think $27,000. So Whoa. continuing in the solid gold iPhone, the, oh the uh, ancient mahogany woods mice, we have a new peak insanity going. So think though, how
3: much better sounding headphones you could buy for $27,000. Oh, think-
0: <laughs> oh, the audiophile people are going to go crazy with this crap. Somehow somebody's going to buy the platinum one and talk about how like it's you know reverberating the EMI back into the <laughs> it, speaker
2: It's it, it tr- into a warmer, more vivid and bright color.
4: Yes, actually, and I the found sound. the platinum to have a bit harsher tone overall, but extended <laughs> uh, high frequencies that were
0: revealing. For uh, you prefer uh, the uh, the copper gold to the silver golds? There is a uh, brass. But there's gold. a next step
1: because you can not only have these set? You can then send. You can have them specially embossed. You can upload your own pattern uh, as long as you give away uh, the rights for them to use it. So you can not just have platinum, but you can design special engraving on the outside of oh, you your their audio. Out. Yes, yes.
0: That, that increases the price, folks. Hold on, I'm yes. looking. We're looking for the most expensive set of headphones here. Okay. Well, uh, oh, there's a scroll bar. Is there? Oh, are are these over. even more? Hold on. No, no, that's cheap. We yeah. we can't have that cheesy twenty-seven thousand dollars. We look, need- look at the scroll bar on the right. Yeah. Oh. Scroll down. Okay.
2: Keep going. Oh, that's cheap. Yeah, that one's cheap. Oh that one's Porsche.
1: Yeah. But see the thing is you can upload your own design so you can have arguments with your friends about which forty thousand dollar <laughs> engraved <in> headphones <laughs> Just sound to the best.
0: Proceed to check
1: out yeah, forty thousand dollars in the cart. Please make sure to put VModa slash PC per in the link. <laughs> in the <box. laughs>
3: Yeah, if you order any Platinum headphones, just send them an email and say we sent you. We'll probably get some cut of that, right? View or edit <laughs> your card. So. We don't have a deal, just, but come on. I just on. wanted
0: to look at that. Just that 40K. They're,
3: they're like payment processing probably can't handle that.
4: I was gonna say, what car- credit card would you even go through on an online transaction um, for 40k? I, I don't know. Let's see. Proceed to checkout. <laughs> gotta uh, have that black. I'll check out as a guest. Yeah, you gotta have the black. You gotta call your credit card company first. Uh, Can I Yes, I am Bitcoin? giving this small company forty thousand dollars for headphones.
0: Shipping method, shipping details. Count At details. this point, it
4: doesn't really matter.
1: Can you please teleport them to me for an extra hundred grand? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. This I is need the, the white gloves thing I saw all week.
4: I need somebody to help me set them up and show me how to use them. That's an extra four hundred and fifty dollars. <gasps> Headphone fluffer. An extra 30 grand. Yeah. Sennheiser
3: has actually, like, they have a $50,000 pair of headphones, I think, that they yeah, actually Yeah, but those are like sell. monitor
4: headphones. Oh, yeah. That no, no, no. Are insane. Yeah. Do they send somebody to your house for those? I think they might. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like the Apple, what was it? The Macintosh 20th anniversary edition, where it was like a a limousine came to your house and somebody set up the computer for you, which is like a $25,000 computer. It's a SciPhone yeah, computer. Okay.
3: Seinfeld had a 25th anniversary Mac in the on his desk and
0: really? you know, the one in yeah. Seinfeld? Yeah, huh? I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to close this page before I accidentally spend forty. dollars like you it's could look at the cash. Yeah. Um. All right. Next up, Josh. Me. Can you go cheaper than uh, forty thousand dollars? Just
2: a little bit. Uh, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago I I mentioned a. Um, I believe it was a Denon receiver, that it supported Atmos and it had a firmware upgrade for DTSX. Well, unfortunately, that deal expired. And that particular receiver went up to 479 bucks. Well, the, the model up above that one is now under a really nice sale. And you can get that for $20 more than the one that we had uh, talked about earlier. It's, it's more powerful. Slightly better stuff in there, more functionality, and for you know, four ninety nine. That's a pretty, uh, pretty significant savings. 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 So yeah, it's it's less than platinum
0: headphones by. But you can you probably get a lot more use out of it too. But you can plug those forty thousand dollar platinum headphones into this receiver. You could.
2: And so oh, you can get nice the forty thousand plus the five hundred bucks and you'd think that the receiver is is an extreme bargain.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. They should extreme. just throw it in when you buy those headphones.
1: Yeah. I think so. The receiver should just be free. <laughs> yeah. My god, does that have an attractive backside? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's got Wi Fi? Not too busy.
2: Oh, it oh, does yeah. have Wi Fi. Nice. So yeah, is it Audio Scott or does it also do like the Netflix and lots of stuff?
4: That's
0: got a few I don't know HGIs.
4: It's got all kinds of stuff. Hmm. Four ninety nine is not bad for uh, Dolby Atmos at all, yeah. and DTSX.
0: like how they. I like how, comes out. I like the, how the, they're just the kind of using
4: through the speakers.
0: Yeah, they're all HDMI for uh, actual Binding posts, and not just those yeah. spring terminals. Like, yeah, I know. Those do like they make those like CD players with just HDMI out now? Is that no? What that's why with? they have
2: all the other different uh, uh, input. No, they still got ox- optical,
0: they still got coax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you look oh, yeah. at, like, HDMI input number 7, it's labeled CD. Hey,
4: maybe <laughs> well, they you can, do. You can maybe buy, maybe like, SA a multi-disc CD player. Stuff. Like, a lot of the Super Audio CD oh. players are just multi-disc, like, universal disc players. Wait, that's the do they still make Super Audio
0: Network CD plug. In it? Yeah. Yes. players and discs? Yes. Yeah. Huh. Well, I think, like, a Blu-ray oh, player cool. would do it. but Yeah, yeah they probably...
4: A lot of higher-end Blu-ray players can play Super Audio CDs, yes. Oh, that's
0: cool. I didn't know that. Notice that the power cord comes into the top corner Oh, to not, as a to not be as to not be too close to the speaker <laughs> outputs, <laughs> yeah, or anything. Yeah, well, maybe the wireless, but yeah, the probably Second screws channel. the wireless stuff to all hell. But okay. there's
4: some who scorn any receiver that does not have a separate uh, power cable. How else am I supposed to upgrade to a AudioQuest power cable if it's exactly. not?
3: Removed? Oh no, you got one one those uh, Anaconda
0: cables that are like. $10,000
4: yeah.
3: or
0: something. Yeah. yeah, you just, you know, open it up, solder in your, uh, solder in your own. That's what a true audio file With special silver, pure silver Oh, solder. yeah, you have to use, like, jewelry grade solder. Yeah, jewelry yeah. grade uh, you'll just use gold. You uh, just, yeah. like, solder with gold, yeah. and, uh, yeah. It's not gold-plated. It's just, it's just gold. Yeah.
4: Silver is way more popular than gold now in the audio file world. Really? Yep. They got cheap or something.
0: So uh, I was poking around while Josh was playing around with his thrust master, master. Um, and I got curious on that Logitech because, uh, uh, like a couple weeks ago, I ended up picking up a G29 on sale for a pretty good price. It might Humble actually, brag. it might actually still be uh, on sale for a pretty good price. But uh, the G920, if you absolutely positively want like the PS4 support, and if you don't necessarily want uh G920 is the Xbox or, Sorry. If you... uh Xbox support. And if you don't necessarily want, like, all of the extra buttons that the PS4 version has on it, because it does have, like, twice as many um extra, like, buttons and switches and knobs and stuff on the wheel. If you're willing to not do that, like, you can save, like... I think you end up saving, like, 50 or 100 bucks or something like that. It's like a... I mean, 350 is the lowest I've seen these for. So... How much, yeah. the, uh, how much is the? How much is the G twenty nine? Well, no, no, no.
2: look at the current page and look at the price and look at that box right next to it.
3: <laughs> well, the box it says G twenty nine. No, it says G nine twenty. Oh, never mind. That's G nine twenty
0: with the shifter. <laughs> okay, uh, well, I, which I screwed up. Which is not really a deal because the shifter is like sixty dollars more. Anyway, yeah. it's um, like fifty nine ninety six if you add it on. Uh, I guess. Uh, so, the G29 right now is 420 So, that's like $70 cheaper for like, a few less buttons on the wheel, basically. Um, but then, let's see what the G27 is doing. Oh, G27 spiked back up. It's rare now. It's spiked up like a lot. That's
3: because no one's actually selling
0: it. Oh, that's why. Okay. It's all third party yeah, sellers. Out of stock everywhere. Well, it's a good thing I bought it when I did. <laughs> yeah. Because it was, like, below 200s or something Nice. when I picked it up. I think it was uh, Camel, Camel, Camel. <laughs> Gave me, like, a warning or something popped up. And I was like, all right, I should do that. Uh, Sebastian, if only you could buy this case. Whoa.
4: I like to pick products that you can't actually purchase, even if you wanted to, regardless of the cost. Uh, no, actually, this is a. It was a crowdfunding project very similar to the NCase M1, and in fact, it's a very similar case to the NCase M1. That was that tiny case that so famously was photographed next to a Coke can. This thing is smaller because it drops any possible support for a regular ATX power supply. It has to use an SFX. It is the A4 SFX. Huh. case from this little company called dan cases it's a guy named dan <laughs> he's the only member of the company he had this prototype built by lian lee Li, so it's the same oem as the nk m n case m1 this thing is fantastic i want this case so bad and so, so i don't know if- that can't be pleasant to build in why
1: can't oh,
3: we? Oh, look at how dumb, much space you've That's got very easy. I don't care
4: if the panels come <laughs> off. The <laughs> yeah, N-Case M1 was really easy to build in, and I'm looking at this. If you go to the uh, first page, the one I linked to, if you scroll down a little bit, they have this little animation that just runs. Yeah, that's what I'm... Like yeah. that... <sighs> yeah, you have to use an SFX power supply, so, you know, it- it's, it's not like yeah. you're going to be building a cheap system with this. But if you want a really powerful system that's really tiny, like smaller than a chew box...
0: Yeah, so installing. Yeah, but you the gotta G- route the power supply cables in that case. Still. Installing the GPU is super easy.
4: Yeah, but you like, think you of how get the silver. So you're buying a Silverstone uh, PSU anyway. Yeah. yeah, Get the short cable kit. The short cables aren't really that short. They need but to be they're, like they're the ribbon style cables. They are. So I have this kit. They are. Yeah. You can fold them and kind of push
3: them off to the side. Maybe if you just cut them and re-solder them so they're about an inch long. <laughs> I mean, they did have to kind of tuck them into the bottom there. Yeah. I mean, but, it, 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 it's it's possible this could be nice to build in, but I look at it, and my default reaction is maybe not so much.
0: Well, you know, once you got it together, like, that's it. And then you just got a little Yeah, computers free. never break, Alan. Well, <laughs> I mean, you
4: know. And then the other thing is, because of its that, size, it obviously I had to have the perforated side panels, and it, it's, it's thin aluminum. It's not going to be a quiet case. You're dependent on the components you pick. That's really awesome. Where did know. they even put the SSDs? Eh, they just shove them somewhere.
3: Hey, it's just get an M.2
4: <laughs> two SSD and put it on the backside of your Mini-ITX port. Well, that's true. That so, How much is this case? So what is it? This I'm was not... A, I don't know. Uh, nope. it's not You're not allowed to get reveal. it. Aww, it's been like, sampled out to a couple of like German websites. I believe at least one for review, like a preview. And, okay, so uh, I've been it's in something, that's, so
0: something with, that might be coming. Is that... What the deal is here? Yeah, like, and uh, okay. there is some interest in,
4: in sampling here in the U.S., and it's kind of dependent, I think, on funding, like all of these projects have to be. You spend so many thousands of dollars just to get uh, a prototype built because of all the tooling and everything that goes into this, but hmm. uh, the end case M1 was a $200 product, basically. Tack on about $40 for cheap international shipping. So if this is somewhere around that for the... For the type of build it's geared towards, if you're building like a sixty-seven hundred K, you know, nine eighty Ti system, and you want the Not, smallest possible case,
0: you got to use that Asrock X
4: ninety nine. board.
0: so, so, what you're saying, uh, Sebastian, is that uh, people listening to this should look at the show notes and go to the page for your pick of the week. Go to the bottom of the page and contact. Put your email there and make sure you choose U S. as your region. And then that way, they will yeah, know... They could gauge the interest. They will know, like, that's probably the exact reason why they put this little drop-down here. Like, where are <laughs> you from? Uh, and then if you can add one plus five. Well, it's probably different Seven. for different people, <laughs> I would imagine. So trying to make you order six of them? Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't... Oh, now it's eight, eight plus, plus eight. eight. Uh, yeah. I don't know if
2: I
1: can do that. Making sure you're not a...
0: Uh, a robot. robots can do math I was going to yeah. say,
4: robots would do math really, really well <laughs> <laughs> so That's that kind of true. CAPTCHA
0: fails instantly yeah, it is just text, just sitting there it's 8 plus 8 <laughs> equals and then well, they so, Scott, uh, write a script and submit 3,000 entries from random US emails And anyway I'll, we'll just
3: use our spam email database for that, we'll go through and sign everyone off
0: yeah We'll just sign the whole email list. <laughs> Finally, we found a use. <laughs> Finally, we found a non-spammy use. Except all these people will just start getting spam from these guys. Mm. Yeah, but not, that's not our fault. But it's, Yeah, it's not from, uh, it's not from PC per, so.
4: <laughs> our bre- The breach of trust in giving away all their emails was not our fault.
0: <sighs> we were hacked. I'm sorry. Alright, so uh I guess that about wraps it up. Um I don't know if we'll have a podcast next week. It's like the twenty third, is it? Yeah, yeah. Is it
4: really already? Next week oh, is
0: God,
3: the twenty third. Yeah. I don't know. We probably will, I think. I don't know what yeah. if you
0: guys are gonna be I'm I'm probably gonna be away yeah. during this time. Yeah, I'll be in the Labelle Provence. I will probably be here because I am taking Christmas off this yeah. year. And I don't mean off like off of work, i just mean like I ain't doing crap.
3: Anyway. Maybe we'll try to do something. We'll see what Ryan thinks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll play it by ear. So there might be a podcast next week. Uh, if there is, that'd be info about it at uh, com slash podcast. Just sign up for the spam list and you'll know.
4: Yeah. Yeah. If spam you don't list. get that email one hour before the podcast starts.
0: Yeah. Or two seconds before podcast. the podcast starts. Or yeah. after it starts.
4: Yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes after it starts. It just depends. <laughs>
0: If you've been waiting three hours, there probably won't be one. Yeah. Or maybe probably. there's an email that says, we recorded a podcast. You um, tell
4: your family, look, I, I, we'll leave in a minute. I'm waiting for this email to come in. <laughs> they might podcast tonight. <laughs> Smartphones are a. a thing. Your are... wife has left yeah. for good, and there's no podcast. It's a bad life. You don't want that. Yeah. Just Sacrifices
3: have to be made. Mm-hmm. Just sit at the Christmas party on your smartphone and watch the podcast. I don't see what the problem is.
4: <sighs> make, make your... Loved ones drive so that you can sit in the car, yeah, and burn your data and just watch our podcast. Hook, it up, is, to the, uh, hook it up to the
3: aux in on the car so everyone can listen. Be nice. actually, that is a thing.
0: I'm pretty sure Ryan does that. Really, while his wife drives. <laughs> well, he's paid 3.99 for that app. You better use it. <laughs> there was one time uh, before I retired from the Navy where I was trying to meet make deadline on an article one morning, and like we had to run to the base to do something. And I'm like, uh, okay, Amy, you drive. <laughs> and I became the most motion sick I ever have. Yeah, like, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> trying there to write an article. I can't try that. to write an article while in the passenger seat of the car. Ryan has gotten really good at that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there was one time he was doing that while I was driving him like to the airport or something. Yeah. And like, and I'm, I just looked up, I'm like, how are you doing that? Like, how? Are you not like just puking all over the place? But anyway... Alright, uh, last plugs uh, Twitter.com slash Ryan Trout If you want to talk to our guy that's on an airplane from Hawaii um, I guess he's on our, Is he on the airplane now? Tomorrow? Something? I, I think he's currently flying over the Pacific. Yes, he's yeah. over the Pacific So if you want to tweet someone that's over the Pacific Go ahead. He probably has Wi-Fi on the plane, I would guess um, Twitter.com slash PCPer That's where you find all our website stuff And uh, I guess that wraps it up I'm Alan Malvintano. I'm Jeremy
4: Hellstrom. I'm really pale Josh Walworth, but I'm not so pale now. Because the Katy Perry picture's back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm Sebastian Peak with JoshTech.com.
0: Ah, uh, thanks for listening.